Now, one thing we're talking about as we uh, left is how to come up with a design technique, which is incredibly beautiful and almost just 100% foolproof. I mean, you, you, it is a wonderful thing. And it's, it's where you put together a focal point in the yard. Now, one thing, keep in mind, that in order to be a focal point, it's gotta be a bit different than everything else. So if you've got a planting of streaming plants moving through the yard, then you wanna have all the contrast happen in one area. If you have contrast every place, if you have things happening everywhere in the yard, it starts looking like a putt-putt golf course. And we don't want a putt-putt golf course, no. We want a beautiful sensation of of just beauty in the backyard, not things screaming at you, but you do want a few focal points. So for example, at our office, we have a little cascading spa that goes into the swimming pool. And we have a planting there that almost everyone looks at and goes, oh, that is incredibly beautiful. Now, what's interesting is they probably don't know why it's beautiful, but there's a few things we've done that we've incorporated that makes it a great focal point. Not only do you have the water and the sound of the water, but we've got contrast happening with color, texture, and shape. We've got the dwarf bird of paradise. Now, the dwarf bird of paradise by itself is a very, very architectural plant. It's got the very erect stems that come up about 18 inches, maybe two feet, and then the really the large elongated spoon type leaves. They're about a foot long, maybe 14 to 16 inches long, and they're only about six inches wide, but it's a very long oval, very striking that, so you've got this tall reedy stem, and then boom, this, this leaf explodes out. And then these incredible flowers that look like, well, actually look like a bird of paradise head of blue and orange, and it's very, very, it's very angular. It's very, very explosive. It's very, very erect and very stiff looking. It's incredible colors, incredible form and shapes. Now we have that. And then as a background, we have plumbago, which is a flowing, floppy, loose plant with light blue flowers. And it picks up on some of the dark blue of that bird of paradise. We also have foxtail fern. Now the foxtail fern is smaller, that just almost a chartreuse green, but a different texture altogether, but it still has some of the architectural qualities of the bird of paradise plant. So we're picking up the contrast and also a few similarities in there. We have blue Pacific juniper, which is a ground cover. It only grows maybe, maybe five inches high, but it's a cascading plant and a completely tiny, tiny, fine texture, completely opposite of the big billowing plant of the uh, plumbago. But that's in the foreground, creeping over rocks, giving a very, very dark, foreground color of that Pacific blue color. And then off to the side, we have a few of the, uh, a few of the Ixoras, the, uh, the Maui red, which is kind of a red orange color. Again, picking up, it's a great complement to the blue of the plumbago, picking up some of the orange that you see in the, in the bird of paradise. And then we have the Dallas red lantana, all these things coming together in this explosion of color and texture and contrast. And it really makes a great focal point. But that's what you want to look for. And then as things spin off, you've got streams of some of the other most more common plants that are all more uniform. So you want to have this uniform consistency and then all the contrast happens in one place with a focal point. And then uniform consistency and then maybe another smaller focal point. But when you start grouping these plants together where they are contrasting with color and form and texture, 
you come up with this beautiful, beautiful arrangement there, and it really makes a big difference. So the focal point is what we hesitate on in our eyes, where we're scanning a, you know, a backyard or right. You're looking through, and you're seeing everything streaming, and then boom, you stop and say, "Wow, look at that!" Okay, so focal points are going to stop and. Now you've done the same thing, in a beautiful flower arrangement that you put together this week. Well, you know, and this week when we had started cutting everything back and we, you know, we really honestly were scared and nervous and, you know, not sure what to do. So we started cutting back some of our our plants at the office, the tropicals and things that are about to come back, some of the perennials. But went out there and the azaleas have gone totally wild. I mean, <laughs> they are they are they are more explosive, I think, in color than they ever have been before. I cannot. I think mean, it was the cold more, weather we had. It must have been something mm-hmm. that shocked them into. But the, you only see blooms. You don't see any green. And you look and it's this massive, deep, deep pinks. And we've got some white. I chose the white and. Now you put pink. together. You've got the. Uh, those uh, Gigi Gerbing, which are brilliant white. All these are in the Southern Indica mm-hmm. group. But you got the Gigi Gerbing for the whites, the George Tabor, which is that real light bubblegum pink color. Right. And then you got, I, I think you put one sprig of the uh, red Formosa in there, which is really intense. Uh-huh. That red Formosa is the same color as a burgundy wine. So you've got the white and that light pink, and oh man, and that's just how you began this thing, just as a filler almost. Exactly. I I tried to find complementing colors, but still in the same, just to fill the vase. Mm-hmm. But you know, some of them were like little sucker branches coming out, and and then I I went out and decided to get something that was a little more. I have to say structured, kind of that filler. that More of an architectural stem that came up. Right, and I went to berries because I love to add. Now, you abused the Savannah holly. Well, there were some branches hanging (laughs) down that I thought, this tree needs pruned. So clearly I pruned some. So I took a branch that was probably about three feet long, and then I trimmed it down, but I pulled all the leaves off. And left Every only, leaf has been only yanked. Only the red berries. And then there were some like new sprouts of about to burst open Little into buds. leaves. But I snipped the ones that had. And I only kept the berries. And the stiffness of the bark looks so great in, in there with all the soft, fluffy and then, So those red berries, you need to have those light bubblegum pink on the George Tabor azaleas. And the white. I mean, it was a great contrast. The stiffness of the stem. And then, I mean, I, I kind of cracked up because I looked at it and I thought, what in the world is this? And it took me a few minutes to realize you just shanked all the leaves off. Yeah, it's a little weird and I just kind of messed with it a little bit. I was just going to do the branch, you know, but I couldn't find any curling branches. And then mm-hmm. the more I pursued the yard to look for things that are out there. And there's always stuff out there, guys. I mean, you can always go and even just the fun different shapes of leaves and um, that you, eucalyptus. That that one's beautiful. I didn't right. use it in the arrangement, but those are some fun. But you put in the textures. Ming the Ming fern. You had a few oh, branches of that Ming fern I in there. I did the Ming fern. I love that because sometimes you need a filler and it's very... Uh, mm, it but you use it just firm. as almost a little architectural piece through there. Right. Just one little twisty branch. I didn't want a lot of it because I'm, I wasn't going for the green and I mm-hmm. didn't want it to overpower the shades of whites and pinks that I had in there. So it was just a simple little filler. But you had a couple branches palette. of the lower petalum in there too to kind of pick up on the deeper well, maroon it, color. The, yeah, the lower petalum has that hot pink fringe, but it had just finished kind of blooming, but the leaves were new and mauvey. They were really pretty. So, <laughs> mauvey. Uh, I just took Glenn it. Bob, have you ever used the word mauvey? Mauvey. That's even <laughs> real. I don't know if it's a right. bad paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that color's mauvey. But anyhow, I used that only because... Well, I'll just... We'll put a picture up and then you guys can go and look at it. But you can use the things that you have out in the yard. Am I forgetting anything else and it's was in fun. there? And um, uh, I, sh- I should get my... trying to think of what else was in there. It might have been so something. But that kind of covers almost everything in there. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um... No, I think, did you put in, uh, 
Did you put in any of the Coppertone Loquat blooms? No, you didn't have those in there. There was something, a very, very tiny white flower. I got to remember what, I thought I saw that in there. Maybe you discarded that. I saw everything you carried, because you carried in a lot of stuff. I did, but I was trying to just keep it more simplistic. Oh, it's beautiful. We'll, we'll, we'll put that up on the website. The thing to remember is that, as Blenda just said, anyone can do this if you just go out there and grab things out of the yard, bring a lot of it inside, even if you're only going to use a third or half of it. And remember that whole thing about thrill, thrill fill, and spill. If you have you something go. cascading down, mm-hmm. something in the middle which is filling, something which is just kind of the real exciting one piece. In this case, you use the, mm-hmm. uh, the holly berries. But it makes just, you can do this, and it is so much fun to add that into the settings inside the house. Well, and almost anything looks good. I mean, when you start even, you know, because the hydrangeas are working right now, and you could use something in the middle of uh, those those full mop head blossoms of the hydrangeas, and then you could do something that cascades over and spills over. And sometimes it's just a, you know, the loose leaf of a fern or something mm-hmm. that might be tucked up underneath that, but... Um, yeah, that thrill is something exciting that stands more upright, even like the bird of paradise you were talking about earlier. And then the fill is something fat, kind of chubby, filling that void. Hey, you talking about me? And then something that spills or cascades like it's falling out of the, the vase. So you'll be successful when you use those tips. And that is a great technique to use. And used it forever, and it, it does help. Morning.